Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. Prior to marrying his daughter, I just was attending his church, just like you're attending this church. And I had heard him on the radio prior to coming to the church and his walk with God blew me away. And since I've been associated with Valley Bible, I really learned how to walk with God by sitting under this man and just having these God stories told to me and just walking with him through all of these God stories. Amazing. He really was the instrument of God to teach me how to hear the voice of God in my own faith journey. He leads a Bakersfield campus and other, there's multiple campuses in Bakersfield. They have over 10,000 people every weekend. I talked him into coming on his vacation. Come on. This is Thousand Oaks, right? So he, I talked him into leaving Bakersfield to be with us. Would you give it up for Pastor Ron Vietti? Thank you. You're too kind. I was somewhere the other day, and they gave this crazy introduction, and I was looking around to see who they were talking about because I knew it wasn't me. Uh, I want to introduce somebody, too, a guy that led me to the Lord's here today, Dick Vickstromore. Dick, come on, buddy. Hey, it's, quit look at your phone. This guy, he led me to part of why they're serving the Lord today. So, uh, Have you seen this new app out? Everybody's into it that it makes you look older, what you're going to look like when you're 85. I wrote somebody the other day, I said, you're playing the game. I'm living the nightmare. I'm there. Even today, I'm going, where's the stairs at? Where's the stairs at? I'm not going to try to jump up there. Uh, yeah, I'm on vacation. I'm preaching in Austin, Texas next Sunday. I preached last Sunday. I don't know what I'm doing. I just love what I'm doing too much. 
Some of you, when I go different places to speak, I realize, and I wrote a book called Tribal Influence, and I believe that in the church world, there are many different tribes. They all love Jesus, all going to heaven, but there's different tribes. And I'm a Blackfoot. There might be Comanches here today, Apaches. You know, there's different tribes. And uh, again, I have to say this everywhere I go because to understand me, you must understand that I didn't want anything to do with church. I was raised in church and all I saw was hypocrisy. And so when my wife was leaving me one day, I grabbed a Bible and here's what I said. God, I don't think you're real. I think you're a figment of someone's imagination. And people, Christians are weak people, think they have to go to heaven, whatever, whatever. And I made a challenge that day, and not why God accepted the challenge, I don't know. But I said, if you're real, prove it to me, and I will give you my life. But I don't want to play church games. If you're not the, game of the, of the, the God of the Bible, I don't want you. And he was gracious, and he took that challenge. And I'll tell you, I've been radical ever since. See... I have the kind of Christianity, if you come up here today and say you're going to surgery, I will pray and ask God to send an angel with you to the surgery room. That that angel will stand there and he'll direct the anesthesiologist, he'll direct the doctor, the doctor will be hearing things that he would not normally heard, and I really believe that's going to happen. If you're going to court, I'll do the same thing. God sent an angel with him, go up to the judge and make sure that he gets this right, and a day doesn't go by for 40 years that I don't every day say, God, send an angel with each of my family members, and wherever they go, have that angel with them. And if any kind of harm tries to come to them, manifest the angel and save them. And I believe he will. Do you understand that? Jesus tried to tell us something. He said, let it be to you according to your faith. If you say, I don't believe that will happen, it will never happen for you. Oh, I got a lot to say. But I'm going to start out Luke 10, 25 through 28. And it says, a lawyer stood up and put Jesus to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Stop there for a second. He is not asking, what shall I do to inherit heaven? This has nothing to do with heaven in the afterlife. He's saying, what do I do to have this walk with God that you guys have right now? He said, how do you know that? All you have to do is go back to where he repeated this from in the Old Testament. That's where he got it from. And I'll do that in a moment. But Jesus said, what is in your law? How does it read to you? He's love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, your neighbors, yourself. And I think Jesus kind of winked at him and said, okay, do that, you'll live. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul. That's not easy. Let's go back to Deuteronomy and see where this came from. And I'll prove to you my point. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. This one's easier. Then it shall come about, if you do that, the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build. He'll give you houses full of goods which you did not fill. He'll give you hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you will eat and be satisfied. And you shall do what is right and good in the name of the Lord that he made well with you and possess the land. This is where it came from. So if you put things into context, see, the Jewish people, you have to know this, they've never put much emphasis on the afterlife. They put emphasis on the life here and now. And so probably what he had done, he'd either been a witness or he'd heard about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes. He'd probably seen Jesus deliver people from demons. He probably, you know, 
saw or heard about Jesus calming in the sea, and the sea, you know, just listened to him. He probably even saw the 120 disciples when they came back from a mission, and they're giving each other high fives, going, whoa, that was so cool out there. Well, did you see that person when Jesus delivered him? Did you see this and that? He might have seen them around the campfire at night, loving each other and all excited about it. And he says, I want that life. How do I get that hookup with God that you guys have? Now, listen to me. I just completed a series of teachings called Intentional Living. I don't know why us Christians don't get it. You're not just going to fall into this fabulous walk with God. It's got to be intentional. Amen. It has to be. I mean, think about it. If a guy's going to climb Mount Everest or whatever, he has to be intentional. He has to go out and get all the right gear. He has to get fit. He has to lay out a plan. He has to get a team. And then he climbs the mountain and only climbs the mountain then. You can have this fabulous walk with God, but it's got to be intentional. you got to say, hey, I, I, I'm laying out my plan. I'm getting the right people around me. Maybe you've heard this saying, oh, I'm sure you have. Those who fail to plan, plan to fail. You have to be intentional. Socrates says that an unexamined life isn't even worth living. Let me ask you, have you ever thought about that? I mean, why are you in the career you're in? If, see, if, if with God, a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years, we've just all been dropped off at this earth for two or three hours to do something for God. Why are you at the career you're in? Why are you coming to this church? Why are you giving money to the cause? Why are you with the friends that you're with? Why, why, why? why? You haven't looked at that? Hmm. I met some of the Rams players today. Really cool guys. I love these guys. We're, I talked with one of them about the purpose. Purpose. What you're doing what you're doing for a purpose. Now, I've had this crazy walk with God for almost 47 years. And you must understand, I don't know if you're there, but I don't know any other kind of Christianity than what I live. But you've got to remember, here's a young rebel when I got saved, I said, God, either you are or you ain't. And if, you, if you're not everything in that Bible, I don't even want to waste my time. Now, listen to me. I do believe, not talking to you necessarily, because you're in a good church here, but American Christianity, American Christianity at large, I believe if the apostles came back, they wouldn't even recognize the church as being Christian. They'd go, this is Christian? Because, see, we're still living in the book of Acts. Nothing's changed. And at the end, I'll give you a little story to show you how my life is all the time. And I don't have it down, but, man, I'm sure enjoying the journey. <laughs> Romans 8, 28 works for me. When I seek God and keep seeking him and don't stop seeking him and I knock and don't stop, I, I usually always get what, what I need. I can't believe that he changes us in the image of Jesus. I cannot believe that I'm not the person I was. 10, 20 years ago. That person isn't even alive. I see sin, party, hearty life now, and I just laugh. I go, I don't even have the energy or the strength or wouldn't want to do that if I could. <laughs> Not worth the problem. <laughs> I mean, the word is true. And, and prophecy, someone's out there going to talk about prophecy today. Oh, my gosh. We're getting there quickly. This war in Ezekiel is just about to happen. 
And we're pushing the buttons of Iran right now. I got a whole, I'll come back and do a prophecy. I'm really into prophecy. Jim will tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm following that stuff. And uh, th- this, this Monday, I was supposed to fire an employee. We, we had to do this. And someone sent me a word and said, I don't know what you're up to right now, but don't take things into your own hand. You have some mercy. And, and I was out walking at the mall in the morning. I was praying, God, I, I pray a lot like this. I go, God, why have you put up with me? I pray this every week. I would have been done with me a long time ago. I would not have given me another chance. God, you blow me away. Why? Why? And I do ask him, why? And finally, I say, you don't, you don't even have to answer because I'll never figure it out. And I was praying that. And then I said, okay, this guy got a fire tomorrow. God, I, somebody sent me a word and said, don't take this in your own hands. Does that apply to him? And God, I, I thought he spoke to me really. It was clear. He said, yes. What did you just pray? how much patience I had with you. Why don't you have it with him before you fire him? And I mean, this is the way I live. Do you think that's really God? Yes, I really, really think that was God. Does does your life line up with Scripture? Mine kind of does. Look at 2 Corinthians verse here. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Does that describe you? It does me. I, I, I feel like apologizing, but it does. Look at the next word, Ephesians. It says, and to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or can even imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. I mean, today, and I'm going to watch the clock closely. I, I like to have you out here pretty quick, but I want to give you five or six things you need to do if you got, want God to be real in your life. And the first one, we'll start with a real simple one, and that is right here. You're going to have to study the Word of God. See, for so long, I didn't get it. People say, did you do your devotions today? Did you do your devotions? And I thought, why? I get brownie points when I read the Word? No, here's it. The life God's called us to is so unorthodox, you will forget if you don't read every day. When you read, you start reading, it says, confess your sins and your devotional one day. And you go, I forgot. I stopped confessing my sins daily. Not legalism, but you need to to be reminded of them. And then you're reading the word one day and you're always forgetting. And you read where it says, you know what? Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. And you go, man, I needed to hear that again because I've been trying to carry everything myself. And you're reading all this stuff. Bless those who persecute you. I forgot I'm supposed to do that. (laughs) That is nuts. I mean, live by faith. You know, when you read those verses, you need to be reminded all the time that God says, if you don't live by faith, I have no pleasure in you. See, do you understand something? It's so easy to please God. And I say it almost everywhere I go, that a good father affirms his kids more than he condemns them, why aren't you getting high fives from God every single day? Every time you text somebody, you just serve God. Every time you, you call somebody and encourage you, you serve God. Did you know that you've already lived by faith one time today? And God says, when you live in faith, you really please me. You, you all have. You came here believing that it was God's will for you to come here. You came here, you came in faith. Believing it's God's will for me to come here. It's, it's uh, God's will for me to come and hear this Italian Oki guy talk to us for a while. 
And, and you came here in faith. See, and I have to say this, and you older people, I told you, give me a break. I'm on vacation, so. But, but sometimes I get phrases, and they even blow me away. And I got this phrase almost a year ago, and I repeated it a hundred zillion times, because it's so powerful that when you live by faith, you'll do things you wouldn't normally do to get things you wouldn't normally get. In faith, I planted a church in Vegas 15 years ago. When I go in there and see over 1,000 to 1,500 people, I pinch myself going, this is a result of faith. And then let me reverse that. Some of you listen. I'm going to blow you away with this. This is worth your, your coming. When you live by fear, you will do things you wouldn't normally do to get awful things you would not normally get. We were doing a Bible study in 1 John a while back, and I've taught through the New Testament four or five times. This verse jumped out at me. It says, God is bigger than our heart. That's what it says in 1 John. I go, what? And so I showed the people, heart means emotions. We don't get it. We get filled with the emotion of jealousy or fear or anger. And if we only knew, if you'll take that to the altar and spend a little time with God, God will override that, and it'll go away, and he'll replace it with something else, and you won't do something stupid. Is that crazy? I never saw that, Dick. I never, God is bigger than our emotions. So if you'd bring those lusts and jealousy to the altar and spend some time, they'll dissipate. Little secrets of the kingdom. Ah, I saw some other day and I, it blew me away. If, you, if you've never been in my service, I, I do this a lot. I bring out my clay, my silly putty. God gave us to me at three in the morning when I was 29. I didn't know the significance, but now I realize I got the colors wrong. I was in the Bible then. I was used, you know, we're all born a blue ball of clay and the red balls of the Lord. And the other day I was in a Bible study. I never really realized this, and I should have. The word Adam, flesh, means red in the Hebrew. Blue is the color for divinity because of the sky. And when we get born again, we're all born red balls of clay. We're, we're earthy. We're earthy, the color of the earth, Adam red. And when we ask to be born again, the blue ball from heaven, the divine comes down and joins the red. And through a process called sanctification, we start being turned into purple, which is royalty. God's kids. We'll have to check this out. But I heard somebody say, a rabbi said the other day, he said, he took somebody to the temple and said, see that purple curtain and see the purple veil and the purple priest robes? Go look at them real close. There's no purple in them. It's red and blue intertwined. When the Holy Spirit meets the flesh, the result is divinity. That's why in the epistles it said, you've inherited the divine nature. He's in you. Okay. Should we take an offering again? I mean, that's worth a little bit, right? <laughs> and we're not even half through yet. I'm watching the clock. I'll have you in 2025. I'll have you out of here. But I got some good stuff. Number two, if you want to be right with God, plant seeds on a regular basis. We don't get it. Plant seeds. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 8. It says, I planted Apollos water, but God, God was causing the growth. So then neither one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but it's God who causes the growth. Let's just stop there. We're through. That's all we need to read. So many of you want to see God move, but you're not giving him anything to work with. Hello. Plant seeds. 
You want a loved one saved? Go to him and say, you know what? I feel like God told me that you're to be saved, and I will not stop praying for you until you come to the Lord. Do you understand that? You just planted a seed and gave something God for God to magnify. I'll never forget those words. If your spouse is you're having problems in your marriage, just go to him and say, after you pray, and say, you know what, sweetheart? I love you, and I believe in God to give you dreams, sexy dreams about me. <laughs> I believe in God to cause you to like me. I'm praying for God to plant a seed of desire for our marriage because I know that's God's will. And God says, if you ask anything according to my will, you get it. Da-da. You've now planted a seed. It's going to be hard for her to get that out of her mind. <laughs> Here's another thing. Do you understand? The kingdom lifestyle is all about you doing your part and then letting God do his part. <laughs> If you're struggling today, if you're struggling with your walk with God, then it's because you are not yoked to Jesus. Because if you're yoked to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you rely on him. Let me ask you a question. At least 15 times a week to 30, I ask the Holy Spirit for help. If you're not doing that, you've already flunked the first course. He's called the helper. Help me understand, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right now, I'm, I'm getting weak. I want to punch that guy. Give me strength. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me. Did you understand? I have a friend in Colorado, and he told me the day I met this guy when I did a church in Colorado, and now he's like my best friend. And he said, you know what I like? You make the gospel so simple. It is simple. Unless you become converted like a little child, you shall not see the fullness of the kingdom. See, What don't we get? Jesus told us, if you're burdened down and heavy laden, he said, come to me and I'll give you rest, a vacation. But what did he say after that? Take my yoke upon you. Why do you yoke two animals so they share the load? You're only called to do your part. You plant the seed, walk away. Did my part. I will drive away from here today saying, I plant the seed. I'm not even worried about what happens with it. God, you, you, you caused the growth. I mean, you think about it. You pray. Then you leave the rest to God. You pray through until you feel, Once you pray through and say, I'm finished my prayer, leave it to God. Give someone the word that God told you to give. I don't care what you do with it. I just deliver the word. Now it's God's business. What a way to live when you're trusting in the Lord. You purify yourself, and then it's his job to sanctify you. I don't know if I agree with it or not, what I'm going to say. (laughs) But I like Ravi Zacharias. Somebody came to him asking about the transgender issue. And whether it fits that or not, I don't know. But I like the answer for other things. He took him back to this story of Naaman and kings. And he said, you know what? This is the captain of the army of Aram. He was a great soldier, but he had leprosy. And he had a little slave girl in the house who they had taken captive. And it said when the raiders, which was a confirmation where the raiders raided another country. I didn't see that when the rams were here today. They had taken a little girl captive and she was in the house of Naaman, this man who had leprosy. And one day she told his wife, she said, if 
My master would only go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him. What? There's a guy named Elisha. You know, he prays people. They get healed. So Naaman got the word. He goes. I'll shorten the story. He goes to see Elisha. Elisha has him dip in the water. He gets healed, and he gets saved. So this heathen is now saved. He says, man, can I give you money? I'm going to serve your God. And he says, I won't take any money for it. Hello. Hello. Why? How's the church got so messed up? How? Don't, don't, Lord, don't let me get on. I'm going to Texas next week, and I'll leave them with an offering instead of taking anything because they're a new struggling church. That's another, another, another deal. My mind just goes. <laughs> and I took 200 milligrams of caffeine this morning, so <laughs> it can go. But the, 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 he goes and he says, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to serve God now. He says, oh, but I have one question, master. He said, when I go back home and the king grabs me by the arm and takes me into the, the heathen temple and tries to make me bow down to the heathen God, what do I do? And he just looks at him, maybe chewing the blade of grass, looks at him. He says, go in peace. Wow. He says, God will have to take care of it. I did my part. Got you healed, turned you on to God. Now just go in peace. God will have to take care of the rest. I saw something in Acts 1 and 8 I've never seen before. I looked in the, new, the interlinear Greek, and it says, But you will receive power, having come the Holy Spirit on you. Stop there. It says you receive power, having the Holy Spirit come upon you. And by the way, you're going to be my witnesses throughout the world because of that. Look at the Greek definition for power. It's dunamis, and it says, Inherent power residing in a thing by the virtue of its nature. When we get turned on to God and get this life down, this verse does not say, I'm going to give you power to go share your faith with somebody. I'm going to give you power to go out and give your testimony. No, no, no. It says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you really get this thing down, you'll have all these words and God stories, all this stuff happening. And by the way, that will cause you to be a witness to the world. Your lifestyle. Let me tell you it works. Had a neighbor, he's a fire captain. And Mark Angelo was his name. And I'd see Mark all the time. I never really went out to Mark and said, here's the spiritual laws. You need to go to church. I'd just go, see, Mark, I got, you got five minutes. I know you're not even a believer, but you guess what just happened to me? I just had this thing happen, and I prayed, and God sent me to this person, and, and they gave the, I, I, it's crazy, and I did this all the time. One day I looked down, and he was up at the front. Mark, what are you? He said, I became a member of this church two months ago. The power. Oh, see, listen to me. I'll put it another way. You don't go get drunk so you can be stupid. You get stupid because you got drunk. Does that make sense? Yeah, apply that right here. Number three, live a life of obedience. Listen to me. What if I took some of these Ram players or athletes and went out there today and the wind was blowing 45 miles an hour and I said, I want you to run into the wind, 100-yard dash, fast as you can go, run into the wind. They'd probably say, man, that was hard. I'm really tired. Okay, now try running back with the wind and see what happens. See, ruach is the Hebrew word for spirit and wind. The Holy Spirit is the holy ruach. Some of you today are trying to run against the wind, and it's not easy. Give in. Repent. 
Go with the Spirit. Don't try to get him to back you. Find the movement where the wind's blowing and go with it. My wife and I, we've been married 50 years in September, and I love her 10 times more than when I married her. I listened to country music all the way here this morning and just thought about her constantly. <laughs> the other day I called her crying. I said, I did it for you. I love you. Country music gets me. <laughs> Lo and behold, the other day, about four weeks ago, we had a big argument, pretty big size. And for a day and a half, we gave each other a silent treatment. I walked down the hall and she'd I'd go into the bedroom, she'd avoid me, and I'd go this way. You want some dinner? No, if I did, I would make it myself. <laughs> a day and a half. Man, that was a long day and a half. Because the Holy Spirit in me was saying, apologize, apologize. <laughs> I was moving against the wind. And when I went in and said, Debbie, I got something to say to you. I'm a jerk. Whew, felt so good. I was moving with the wind again. <laughs> Are there any areas that you're moving against the wind? You're keeping bitterness, you're keeping anger, and you're going against the wind. Repent, the Bible says, times of refreshing will come. Obey the word of God, whatever it says, you need to obey it. Paul, when Apostle Paul was killing saints, one day God knocked him to the ground, and he said, Paul, it's pretty hard to kick against the goads, isn't it? A goad was a, a long stick with a sharp point, and they would kind of gently prod the ox and tell him where to go. Sometimes the ox would start kicking, and it would scratch up their legs and tear them up. And he told Paul, said, man, it's hard to kick against the goads. <sighs> now, the Greek word for lead is ego. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit into going with the Holy Spirit. But ego is where we get the word agony. The meaning is you don't always want to do what the Lord's telling you to do, but you learn to do it anyway. You ever seen a dog that's not leash broken? You put on a leash and it's flopping all over and it's putting it, and all they're doing is trying to take it to the vet to get it a shot so it won't die or take it to the park or whatever. And that's the way we are sometimes, I'm telling you. We have to learn to be led. And number four, if we're going to Really get on fire for God. There's about 20 things, but there's not. Expect God to reward obedience on this earth. Some people don't like this. I don't know what kind of God they're serving. I don't want to talk about rewards. I understand. I, I don't serve God for rewards, but I know it's a fact. You know what I want most by far is when I get to heaven for God to say, good job, faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. What's wrong with wanting to hear that? I mean, we're saved by grace if we know that. But look at Luke 6, 23. It says, if you do good to those who do good to you. Well, it's going to be 23, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. We just go right past it. Uh, Revelation 22, 12. Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done on the earth. Whoa. Look at the next one. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This could even be the rapture. If you believe in that, I don't know. Next one. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. You've got to see this repay reward in the Greek. 
This is crazy. Reward in the Greek is payment for service rendered. We get that. But reimbursement, recovery for any damage has occurred. Whoa. Listen to me. If I could travel the country, this would be my message. God is so easy to serve, it's unbelievable. And I've said it. This message has to go worldwide. See, you've already served him one time today, and a good father affirms his kids more than he disciplines them. You've got to hear it. He's given all you high fives when you walk out here today because you came to church. Remember the guy in the talents and the minus? The one guy said, I thought you were hard to please, so I didn't even try. That's the mindset of most Americans. But if they only knew. See, I'm going to serve God at least five or ten times today, and I'll be getting high fives all day. I'll text some people some verses today. I will pray for some people. Every time I do, I serve God. Every time. See, what I didn't understand until I read this Greek word, God is keeping track of everything that you do. Every little sacrifice you make, he's going to reward it multiple times over. You go work the nursery one service. I'm going to come early and work the nursery. You don't think he's not tracking that? He's tracking that. Our father, I'm going to tell you something about him you don't know. He is aching to reward us, and he's looking for ways to do it. Some people, some Christians, have a very mean God. And that's why they're mean Christians. My God expects obedience. See, I say something too. A lot of people want to be Christians. They don't want to do what God tells them to do. And I've used the same before. It's like club, club God. Or say club cowboy. I don't like to wear a club with God. See, I had a cowboy club called club cowboy. And I go to be in my club. You have to pet a cow once a year. You have to wear a cowboy hat twice a year. And you have to... Once a year, you got to go to our convention and sing cowboy songs. You say, well, I want to be in your club, but I don't want to sing the songs or wear the hat or pet the cow. Then you can't be in my club. Today, we got people all wanting to be in God's family, but they don't want to do what God says to do. Sorry. You can do what you want to do, and we'll still love you everything else, but you're not going to be in God's family. It just ain't going to work that way. God, it's his family. He makes the rules. If you don't want to keep them, then go somewhere else. Does that make sense? But our God is a good God. He's keeping track. He says, I'll, I'll reimburse you for anything you put out. Does that not go with a hundredfold blessing? Where he says, if you've got family, farms, whatever, I'll give you a hundredfold back in this life and eternal life. Wow. And the last one, I'm going to end with it. If you want a healthy walk with God, you've got to learn that we live in a spiritual world. I was very bold two or three weeks ago, and you can go on the internet and hear it if you want to. I spoke on the reality of demons. Church world today will not even talk about it. The demons have made them afraid to talk about demons. And every time I go across the country and want to speak on this, I, twice I've got deathly ill. They had to ship me off before I realized what was happening. Angels are real too. The Holy Spirit's real. This is such a, an exciting life. Oh, it's so exciting. Most Christians in America don't believe that Bible they're carrying. Psalms 91, he'll give you his angels charge, concern. That's, that's order, command to guard you in all your ways. Well, what does he do with them? Ephesians 6, 12, your battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against these principles. What do you do with those verses? I'm living it. That's the only reason God's keeping me alive from three cancers. But let me give you a story. This, I just want to, what I do with this story real quick, I want to show you how I live my wife all the time. Two weeks ago, this is fresh. I preached on the reality of demons. 
I called all of our campuses and I said, hey, did everybody get through this okay? And they said, no, all hell broke out at this campus, hell broke out here, all this. I said, well, we, we were unscathed. Monday morning I woke up, doubled up in pain. Doubled, I never hurt so bad. I went sick, nauseous, throwing up. Oh my God, I was sick. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was laying there and I started Googling my symptoms. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I started calling doctor friends, calling doctors. And they sent me down for an ultrasound and they said, your duct to your pancreas is enlarged and so we gotta rule out pancreatic cancer right away. That's a death sentence, a quick one. I've already had three cancers, so you think I'm going, da, 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 da. And I'm laying there, and I told my wife, me of little faith, I'm giving you my human side right now. I'm, I'm safe with you, I hope. I said, babe, I might be leaving you. I know when something's serious, I'm seriously ill. And I've lost all this weight, but I did it intentionally, and the doctors didn't like it. They said, I said, I'm telling you, I did this intentionally. Long story short, I was laying in bed, and I know I heard God as well as I'm talking to you. He said, if you want to lay there and die, go ahead and die. But if you don't, you better get up and start taking spiritual authority and start praising me and start praying like you never prayed. And I thought, duh, every time I've spoken on this, this has happened to me. <laughs> duh. And I got up and started praying. I started taking authority over spirits. I started quoting the word. I started screaming, my yelling, my wife wondering what was going on. And within 30 minutes, I was totally well. Now get this. Devil's still playing my mind. He exploits. So we go to the gym. Let's try to go to the gym and work out. We get to the gym. Now, previously, I went in my room and I said, God, I've got some enemies in the church world that hate me because of what I represent. And if I died, they would love it. They'd have a party. I said, God, you can't let me go. So I'm praying in my room right before I go to the gym. I said, God, you can't let my enemies win. You can't let them win, God. You can't let me go down this way because people won't believe my message, Lord. You can't. I can't do this. And we went to the gym, and we got in the parking lot. Showing you my life, I said, God, right now, I just need to be encouraged a little bit, so give my wife some verses for me. And we prayed, and I said, did you get anything, babe? Well, I kind of got Psalms 38. I read it. You know what David said? Don't let my enemies rejoice over me, God. Don't let them rejoice. That's my prayer this morning. Woo! <laughs> I got this guy that used to be in my life named Charlie Garcia, and this guy was a walking by. He always gave me words from God. When he died, that mantle rested upon a lady in our church. I won't even get into this stuff. She, I mean, the Lord in her knows whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm at. She's got my number. Every few months, she'll give me a verse, and so I call Pastor Jimmy. You need some more encouragement. I'm going to ask God right now, Ron, let's cause Alicia to be anointed to give you some verses. Within 10 hours, she wrote me, these verses are for you. Here's what she wrote. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. In the Hebrew that says, because he's made me famous and continues to make me famous, he continues to make me big, he says, I will set him on high. He will call upon me. I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll rescue him and honor him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Whoa. Now, since then, I mean, everything's great with me. I did an MRI and they did this other stuff. I'm fantastic, but I'm trying to give you a glimpse. This is the way I live every single week. I always call on God before I call on a doctor. I've delivered. I've done my part. Now I'm releasing God to do his part. The clock says I'm through. 
because I could keep you here all day. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. My father is a great father. I love him a lot, and he loves me a lot. But he's also strict. He expects me to toe the line. That's okay. He's my dad. Even when he spanks me, I love him. Father God, I delivered the message. I don't have any more to say. I've done my part. Now you'll take it and do what you want with it. I don't believe in long prayers, so that's it. I give it to you. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.